Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, the show that takes a look at pop culture, tech, spicy Instagram rap beefs, because in the end, everything is an ad. Hello, I am Shannon Miller, the creative and inclusion editor here at Ad Week. I hope you have had an exceptional Women's History Month. It is wrapping for up for us now. And today I have the immense pleasure of talking with three lovely ladies from the Ad Week newsroom. Over the course of the month, Ad Week has rolled out some incredible quality content that really takes a look at the culture of advertising and how it pertains to women. And the women that I will be talking to today had a huge hand in making all of that happen for us. So later in the show, I will be joined by senior agency's editor, Olivia Morley. But for now, I get to talk to two of my absolute favorites. First up, we have community editor, Luz Corona. Hey, Luz. Hey, Shannon. How you doing? Good, good. So glad to have you here. Happy to be here. And we are also joined by breaking creative reporter, Natalie Venegas. Natalie, hi. Hi. I'm is this your first podcast? Is this yes, your first podcast? Oh, wow. No pressure. I know, right? I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be extremely fine. I am really excited to kick the show off um, with you two ladies because, um, I mean, I've loved all of the Women's History Month uh, articles and content that we've had, but I think two of my favorites um, came from you both. Um, and I'm really excited to be able to go over those with you live because I don't think we've ever really gotten a chance to talk them, talk about them thoroughly with the exception of me and Natalie because um, I edited that piece or partly edited that piece. Um, but Natalie, I wanted to sort of kick things off with you because you kind of helped with the the planning process a little bit, right? Can you tell me a little bit about that, how that was sort of coordinating this big effort? Yeah, definitely. I was behind the scenes for the first time and really got to dive deep into, you know, planning Women's History Month and the amazing stories that come out of it. And I was just so thankful to kind of, 
you know, collaborate with other journalists and kind of get to see that unravel and get to really talk about important topics that aren't always discussed, especially around women. And it was just great to kind of see all of that come together and all of their ideas. And I just loved being behind the scenes and kind of just being able to, you know, put my two cents in, which is great. Yeah. I love these opportunities to kind of collaborate across verticals with other women because you don't get too many of those opportunities. We are, we're often so busy and siloed in our individual beats that um, we don't get a ton of time to work together. So I was really excited um, for you to have the opportunity to link with Olivia and Emmy, who we will be talking to a little bit later, to really see how these come, how these huge months come together for Ad Week because they require a lot of work over a long period of time and sometimes a shorter amount of time. It Either way, it's just a, a race from beginning to end and the content is always just top tier. Luz, this is pretty old hat for you at this point uh, in terms <laughs> of sort of coordinating these months. Um, for those who don't know, Luz coordinates our incredible voice uh, vertical. So whenever you see these... Um, just hard-hitting op-eds loses behind all of those in making sure that those reach you as our reader. Um, Luz, what was sort of the biggest through line that you found this month with with Women's History Month? Yeah, and thank you, my friend, for the kind words because they mean a lot sure. coming from you. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know, this series was special because... Um, we partnered with the Female Quotient, um, you know, a female-led organization that works really hard to tackle today's issues that women face. Um, so we partnered with them to kind of provide us with this really great slate of women that can speak to topics in the industry, along with other advertisers like in the industry that we spoke to. But, you know, there's obviously a lot of topics that we could cover, but, um, you know, they highlighted some of the the pressing ones, you know, Shelly Zalis started us off talking about the she session, you know, as we call it, and just how women were affected during the pandemic. Um, and that kind of really set the tone for the rest of the series, just topics that, um, you know, as she puts it, they're not new issues. They were just exacerbated by the pandemic that affect mm -hmm. women. So, you know, um, you know, talking about the she session and just how to thrive in male dominated spaces and how to support female entrepreneurs. And, you know, it's, it's a really, I think it's an impactful series for sure. Absolutely. Um, each month we're, whenever we have these sort of huge cultural months, we get to look forward to, a really great slate of voices that get to really speak to these issues that we don't have too many opportunities to really take a magnifying glass to. Um, so it's it's good to see this. And then at the same time, it's still challenging because with Women's History Month, um, you know, there's we're, we're hitting on a lot of topics that you know, unfortunately have only evolved. They haven't really resolved. So a lot of the issues that we had five years ago with not having quite as, not having nearly, not quite as many, not having nearly effing enough um, women in leadership, we're still kind of talking about that today. And now we're just, it, it comes with like a new Instagram filter, right? Now it's like, you know, it's not enough women in leadership and the family planning that 
sort of gatekeeps women from having these positions is a huge issue. Um, now, you know, we're talking a lot more about how women of color, disabled women are affected by these policies. So it, it becomes a challenge finding new angles and new things to really touch on. And I think that one of the things, if I can sort of toot our own collective horn a little bit, is that um, this group of women, Adweek women, are really skilled in making sure that we are continuing the conversation and that we are keeping up with how it's evolving. Um, one of the topics that I really was excited to dig into was covered by Natalie in a really great piece that talks about women's brands and social media. Natalie, can you tell me a little bit about um, the ethos of the piece, what the piece was about? Yeah, definitely. So I took a really big deep dive into women's uh, health health brands and, and wellness brands and kind of how they're censored on social media from everything from the imagery itself of women's bodies to even just talking about, you know, normal things that women go through, menstruation, menopause, pregnancy, um, you know, any pleasure, anything. And I just thought it was a really important topic that never really gets discussed. And it's actually really impactful getting to talk to these brands and see how like that's affecting them. And it's affecting other women. And you can see that without you know, without, without the censorship, you know, women can have education to these things and can always do that. And, you know, I, the idea kind of sprouted from the Adidas brand, um, from the ad of the 25 bare breasts. And I noticed that it got a lot of attention on Twitter. It was kind of one of the first uh, brands to kind of really put an image out there like that. And it was only available on Twitter because other social platforms would take it down because it would be seen as pornographic or, you know, and it was banned. So I think it, it was just really important to kind of break this down and to talk about these brands that, you know, want to educate women, but also kind of provide resources for women and just how they cannot do that and they cannot advertise their products or, you know, their resources on social media because of the censorship. And so I just thought it was really important just to get to the, get to the bottom of it and see how these brands are kind of, you know, breaking away from that and just saying like, no, we're not going to abide by the censorship and just, you know, find their own way around it to, to have that education. And it really was an excellent dive. Um, the title of the piece is Women's Health Brands Are Bearing All and Unapologetically Fighting Censorship. And Natalie took a look at a few brands like the Vagina Museum and PhD Feminine Health um, and Agency Fancy and how they are managing to work around these barriers that have been plaguing women's brands for a long, long time. And this is something that we've covered a little bit at Ad Week over the, at least, you know, over the year that I've been here and likely well before I even started writing for Ad Week. But one of those brands that has had a continued issue has been um, the wellness brand Womanizer, who um, one of our contributors, Sarah Century, covered the time that they were banned off of Instagram um, for talking about vulvas, which is ridiculous. And it took so long for them to resolve that. And they had to sort of leverage their partnerships in order to 
have a fighting chance to even come back. Um, so Natalie's work really touches on the the ridiculous loopholes and hoops that these brands have to jump through just to be able to at not only advertise, but educate their consumer base. Um, was there anything in particular that you were surprised to learn during your research, Natalie? You know, something that was really interesting was I talked to women-owned uh, agency fancy and it was really interesting getting to see the agency side of things and see how they partnership with brands and how you know when they do partnership with brands they want to unapologetically advertise the brands just as it is but you know unfortunately with the censorship um you know troubles and challenges like it's not always possible so getting to hear from the creative side and kind of getting to hear what they do to kind of, you know, just go ahead and advertise and, you know, try and find a barrier, you know, a way around the barrier um, was really interesting. And I loved getting to hear that creative side, you know. Yeah, it was a lot of fun editing and reading that piece. So I'm really glad that that is um, there. Again, that is women's health brands are bearing all and unapologetically fighting censorship. Definitely look at for that from Natalie Venegas. Um, on the flip side of that, we got to take a deep dive into a bunch of ladies that have no problem getting in front of the camera. They are um, some of our female mascots over the over the years across the industry. And Luz did such an incredible job emceeing that video. Was that your first video? Yeah, I, guys, I have the teleprompter though. You know, you give me too much credit, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> But that was a lot of fun. Reading a teleprompter is not easy. <laughs> I know. I was even, I was watching the video and I was like, look at my eyes go back and forth. But okay, nobody's paying attention. It's okay. <laughs> no, it is It is not an easy task. And it was a lot of information to distill into a five minute video. Can you tell me a little bit about um, what you covered? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I have to give like all the credit to Brianna on our VNR team. Um, and I believe Nicole Ortiz was involved too in like the script and finessing it. But um, they did such a great job because it's pretty much like a little mini history lesson on um, impactful female mascots and just not only talking about like revisions they've gone through to, you know, whether it was like coming from agency side or client side, just to, um, you know, whether and it was like, design feedback, like to revise the mascots, or it was like to match with the times or, you know, it's, it was really interesting to learn about that. Um, and then, you know, just how they were received and how they evolved over time. Um, you know, we covered the Morton Salt girl, uh, sun made, um, girl on the the raisin box um chiquita banana which fun fact do not ask brianna for the bloopers because i could not say that word i kept saying chiquita but chiquita banana um of course the m&ms which were the hot topic this year that they just got yeah. their makeover um and last but certainly not least because i think she might be the most successful flow from progressive um so it's mm -hmm. a really really interesting little mini history lesson on on those female mascots all of it is super interesting especially when you realize that like these figures have existed in the background of pop culture for so long that i think you said flow like debuted in 1998 or no it was it was two, oh god what was the year no it was not 1980 it was in the 2000s it, yeah I think it was like 2008 i think it, it was yeah and 
you're you don't realize how much time passes because like yeah I, I don't I couldn't tell you a thing about progressive before flow exactly and, and like the morton salt one was interesting because there are these like tiny like little changes that to like the everyday person they may not notice how much she's changed from beginning to end because these changes have been incremental they've gone from like long curly hair long curly blonde hair to brown straight hair and then the shirley temple curls because that was a huge marker of that time in women's and girls fashion were these like little adorable innocent pin curls and how this morton salt uh girl has adapted to that up until like 2014 where now she's like has this like modest yellow dress and this cute little bob like just seeing how these mascots like just mark time is really really interesting my final question for you um on this is if the morton salt girl was revised today what do you think she would look like Oh my gosh, this is a fun question. Um, as you were saying that, if we're talking about hairstyles, I feel like the the little beach waves or whatever, like the the curly hair, maybe yes. like Kardashian inspired, I feel like would most <laughs> likely be on on the more insult girl for sure. Yes. Um, and then outfit wise, I don't know, could we do like work from home attire? Like, could she wear joggers <laughs> and you know, like a sweatshirt? Let's just make it modern times. That, that is way more um accurate than what I had imagined. Natalie, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm all down for leggings and a sweatshirt. Yep. <laughs> um definitely curls though. I feel like curls is definitely in a lot of people like that in like that what is it? Uh, what is it like the air curler? Yep. A lot of people like yep. that. Yeah. So I see. I was assuming that she would have like those choppy bangs, like long straight hair. Yes. A, a vape pen in one hand. <laughs> She's out of the rain because we don't do that anymore. We don't sit in the rain anymore. We don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Would she have like baggy eyes? I don't know because everybody's She's tired these tired. days. You know. <laughs> She's done. Yeah. yeah definitely. Coffee in one hand. <laughs> yeah, just very much a Starbucks esque like coffee. She's in a coffee shop. And there's like a thing of salt because brand obligation. (laughs) (laughs) She's committed. It's a contract, you know. (laughs) Committed and tired Morton Salt Girl. Give it to us, Morton. Yep. That's exciting. I'm really, I'm really glad that you could join us today um, to talk about this stuff because it's, there's, (laughs) there's still a long way to go for us in terms of like really talking about equity in, for women in our industry, but there are, a lot of fun points too when we talk about how involved women are in front of and behind creative so it's a nice little spectrum that we got to visit here so i thank you both for joining us and i hope that this is the first of many times that we get to chat on here yeah thanks shannon this was fun this is a lot of fun yeah thank you so much i'm excited yeah we are going to take a short break and we will be back Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming, 
to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Welcome back. Thank you so much for hanging um, with us during what was hopefully a super brief break. And with me now is senior agencies reporter, Olivia Morley. Hey, Olivia. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? Good, good. How about you? Going well. Good, good. I know you were just here. I was not here. So it was like ships passing in the um, daytime of a long vacation for me. So I'm glad that we were able to join me while I could be here to talk a little bit about Women's History Month. Um, and I yeah, Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk through this and some of the pieces that we've been focusing on. Yeah, you were behind the sort of putting it all together. Yeah, you're, you, Emmy, and um, Natalie were the trifecta that really made Women's History Month happen for Ad Week. So thank you so much for organi- organizing that and really, really scheduling an impressive, high-quality slate of content for the month. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that planning process, what that was like putting it together, and what your biggest lesson of was course. from doing all of that? Yeah, so... It was kind of interesting going into it because I was surprised by the influx of ideas that we had. So initially it was just um, myself, Emmy Lederman, and then Natalie Venegas. And we kind of sat together and just brainstormed and put a bunch of ideas together in a list. Um, And then we brought that list to all of the channel editors across ad week. And um, basically we said, okay, here's our ideas. If you have any additional ideas, just feel free to add them to the list. And then we're going to go through as a team and assign out these stories to the reporters. And we came back to a very, very full list, um, you know, which I think was, was a little bit, um, exciting to see just the, the amount and the energy, the amount of energy that, um, folks across the newsroom were really willing to invest in this. And there were so many good, story ideas. I just felt like almost one story idea sort of led to another, you know, you'd start having a, a conversation about, um, something, you know, related to, so the story that I wrote, right. Um, agencies with unique and, and sort of, I mean, quote unquote cutting edge, but, uh, family planning policies moving forward in that space. 
um, dovetails really nicely with Natalie's story on female mm-hmm. health brands and censorship. And so it's just sort of that process of like the more that we discuss these things, the more that we're like, okay, well, what about that? What about that? Like, what didn't we think of? So I asked Luz this in regards to the voice vertical, um, because voice and editorial um, are both on the editorial side, but have different functions. So on the editorial side, just amongst staff, did you find like there was a run- that there was like a running theme amongst the ideas that were put forth? I think that there were a couple themes. And so we had two really mm-hmm. great um, stories, one um, by Molly Callahan and uh, Jason Naughty about um, the rise of women's sports in advertising. And so more brands looking to um, support sports teams. Um, and then there was also a lot about sort of, you know, what I mentioned about um, family planning. I think that there were a lot of discussions about like, how are companies supporting their employees and Mm -hmm. how are brands um, featuring um, diverse audiences in their advertising? And so, you know, there was a a really amazing and powerful piece in the magazine this month um, that Tiffany wrote about um, how brands depict trans and LGBTQ folks in advertising. Mm-hmm. And one of these pieces that was that was really great was um, Tiffany's piece that published in the magazine this month and sort of talked through the ways in which beauty brands specifically were featuring trans folks. And that dovetailed mm-hmm. so nicely with the piece that Natalie wrote about um, women's health brands and censorship, because it's a similar conversation in that like the way that advertising and, and um, even like mascots and art sort of evolved over, over the years is top of mind right now. And mm-hmm. it's really changing um, sort of as we speak. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for those who are following along at home, um, you definitely want to check out um, Tiffany Mustaka's piece, how brands are working to accurately portray the transgender community. It is such a an expertly put together deep dive. Um, anything from Tiffany is a is a worthy read, but this one was especially incredible and such a nice nice addition to uh, Women's History Month. And I've always loved all of the work that Olivia does, but I really love the topic of family planning because it's such a huge issue now, especially for advertising folks working from home and realizing just how incredibly blurred or even non-existent that work, that line between work and life is now. And the need for better family planning is so much more crucial now um, than it was before, even though it was always important. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your piece and just what you felt you learned um, the most from putting it together? Yeah, I'm happy to. So um, actually the thing that inspired this idea was I was on LinkedIn one day scrolling and I used to work for a PR agency called Encouse based in Boston and that agency, which I did not, um, interview for this piece recently rolled out a policy, um, extending leave from miscarriage and abortion. And so that prompted the thought, like, you know, if this PR agency is doing it, what's going on in the broader agency space. I think that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of a stigma and like probably there's probably some truth in the stigma that agencies sort of promote toxic environment, 
right? And mm, like, yeah. it's expected that when you join an agency, you're working long hours, you're working on a lot of accounts, at least historically, you know, there, there weren't very many women or people of color at agencies, there still aren't like, mm-hmm. you know, look at Black Madison Avenue came out this week, like, you know, it's things like that. Um, and I think, you know, Jameson Fleming has his piece on, um, on the challenges that female founders go through when they're starting agencies is also coming out. And I think there's a stat within, and, and don't quote me on this exactly, but it's like one to 2% of um, agency owners are women. And so I wanted to dive into how things were changing internally. And a lot of companies, I think like publish these, these great things on their glass door pages or their LinkedIn pages or their Instagrams. And it's like, Oh, we have an awesome culture. We're creative. We're fun. You can wear a t-shirt to the office, but at the end of the day, what does the policy say? And that's what I wanted to find out. So I had conversations with a bunch of agencies and I found that everybody that I talked to was doing something interesting and they were really thinking critically about how to make things better. Um, and so there were a couple anecdotes that really stuck out to me. So one, um, one of my sources is a senior consultant at the agency PMG, and he welcomed his first foster child, um, a couple years ago. And when he did that, he planned to take three days off, um, three days of his PTO. And he let his manager know, but he, he's kind of keeping this private. He wasn't going to tell the whole agency, Um, so he got the call and he took off three days when he came back to his computer, he saw a message from the CEO of that agency in the company Slack channel that said, you know, effective immediately, we are announcing leave for foster families. And so he was able to take that leave. Um, and I thought that that was really, really amazing. And it's, and, you know, in a conversation with him, he shared that it's very, very, um, it's, it's very unique to take leave um, if you welcome a foster child to your home. And so that's one piece of it. I talked to a couple other agencies who are doing that or considering doing that. Um, this agency, PMG, also provides um, a $15,000 adoption assistance stipend to both foster and adoptive families to cover legal fees and things like that. Um, so I enjoyed that as well. I think that agencies across the board are also focused on things like paid leave. Um, And to be completely frank with you, like I actually think they have a long way to go in terms of the kind Mm -hmm. of paid leave in there. And there's a lot of variation in terms of what they offer. So, so that was, that was really fascinating for me. And then um, some of the other things that I think were really important um, were also just changing the language of policy and this is, this is a running theme through every conversation that I had. There was a woman, um, a lesbian woman, who uh, is the chief heart officer at VaynerMedia. And she spoke with me about her experience um, welcoming her first child with her wife. And she said, you know, I was the first, um, I was the first person in a same-sex partnership to have a baby at VaynerMedia. And because I was in this position, it made it easy for me to sort of go directly to Gary, who's the CEO of VaynerMedia, and have a conversation about what the policy looks like and how the policy should be worded, right? Like she gave this awesome quote, like people would ask me, so are you going to take paternity leave? And I was like, no, I'm not the father. I'm going to take parental leave. Um, so we Mm. need to get clear on the fact that every single person has equal rights here. And that needs to be represented in the way that the policy is crafted. 
it's such a deeply fascinating read for anyone who wants to um, read along at home and, sh- and should. Um, the piece is called Agencies Are Rolling Out More Inclusive Family Planning Policies. And that was written by uh, Olivia Morley. And it's a great example of how these, when we talk about women's rights, when we talk about LGBTQIA rights, when we talk about trans rights, um, they don't just benefit those specific communities. They benefit everybody. This is something that is applicable to all genders. And it's, it's something that is often spearheaded by, by women um, to benefit everyone. So it's really a key factor in creating a more, or I guess a a far, far less toxic agency um, culture. um, And, just promoting a better industry overall. Happy folks produce happy work. And the key to that is treating them fairly and treating them with respect and dignity and making sure that they want to come and do this work. And a large part of that is making sure that their families are taken care of because that's top of mind all day. So that's, I am so glad that we were able to tackle this for Women's History Month or at all. And um, I cannot recommend reading that piece enough. Um, Olivia, I am really glad again that you were able to join us on such short notice and to, um, that you were able to talk in depth about this piece because it was just super important and all the work you did this month was really important. So thank you so, so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And one other thing I just want to add before we go, um, is that reporting on this piece was really important for me because I think that it showcased how representation works in action. So, you know, the fact that the chief heart officer at Vayner is a lesbian woman and she's able to drive that change because of her lived experience. I talked to somebody else who um, was in human resources and another agency who had experienced infertility. And that person was the person driving the infertility benefits. And so that really spoke to me and I think is a perfect example of why we need to make sure that we are, you know, hiring people who have, who are, um, you know, diverse, who have diverse experiences and can speak to some of these issues personally. Perfect. Perfectly said. And you can, as a reader, look forward to more of these deep dives, not just um, within the remainder of Women's History Month, but throughout the um, life of Ad Week, because it's important to have these discussions all year round and not just within the specific cultural months. So um, thank you so much to all of the women of Ad Week who keep Ad Week going to make sure that these conversations are continuing um, on both the site and the magazine and also just within the industry in general. So thank you all. And thank you, Olivia. Thanks, Shannon. Absolutely. Another huge, huge thank you to Luz Corona, Natalie Venegas, and Olivia Morley for joining us on a very special Women's History Month episode of Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. Our theme music is by Home. This week's episode is produced by Al Manorino and edited by Lane McGibney. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. These comments are super important to us. They are not just for our ego. They help new friends find our show. So please, if you can, just leave a short comment and help us out there. If you have any questions at all, or you just want to reach us, please reach out to us at podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. I'm Shana Miller, and I will see you next week. Bye.
Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.